Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Stories of the New Testament, an appendage to a series of books written under the banner In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 196 examines Matthew chapter 22, 34-46, Part 7, The Royal Law. The economy of the language of Christ is inspiring. He is the great synthesizer. Where most would use a thousand words to explain, Christ used only a few. Look at how he synthesizes the entire gospel of Christ. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So that the lawyer couldn't misunderstand what Christ was saying, he added, On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Christ is referring to both the Old Testament, which contains the law of Moses, and the New Testament, which contains the full gospel of Christ. Of course, Christ, or Jehovah, is the God of both the Old and New Testaments. In one of his many prophecies of the coming Messiah, Isaiah describes the Messiah in this way. Isaiah 11, 1-4 And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Isaiah, among the greatest of prophets, is also noted for economy of language. Coupled with his poetic style, some may find Isaiah difficult to comprehend. For our purposes, particularly note the following qualities attributed to Christ. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of quick understanding. It is all attributed to the fact that the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The royal law is divided into two classes, or two distinct parts. 1. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. 2. 
Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. It is no coincidence that the royal law is a synthesis of the Ten Commandments. Let's examine the first great law. Notice that three concepts in our worship must be considered. 1. Love the Lord with all thy heart. 2. Love the Lord with all thy soul. 3. Love the Lord with all thy mind. Each represents a separate part of our physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual makeup. The heart is equated with love, with feelings and powerful emotions. The heart is often associated with passion, spirit, nature, temperament, charity, benevolence, compassion, grace, mercy, magnanimity, love, courage, boldness, heroism, essence or kernel or center or core or base. The heart, I suspect, is first for a reason, for it is spirit responding to spirit. Many use the phrase, with all my heart. The soul has a different connotation than the heart. In the creation story in Genesis, we read, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The breath of life refers to our immortal spirit. Before coming to earth, we live with God as spirits. God is the father of our spirits, as explained by Paul in Hebrews 12. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjugation unto the father of spirits and live? In Second Peter 1, Peter refers to our divine nature. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Soul, then, is both the body and the spirit. The Lord is commanding us to love him with our soul. To love him with our body clearly means that we must keep our body pure and not give in to the natural man. Only through overcoming the natural man can we worship God in the spirit. In Romans 8, Paul warns, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin but the spirit of life because of righteousness. The mind, of course, is separate from the heart and the soul. The heart is the seat of passion. The mind is the seat of reason, logic, thought, and scientific inquiry. Religion is not just emotion and passion and abstinence. Religion requires reason and logic. Come now and let us reason together, the Lord said. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. 
Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Law cannot be separated from God, neither natural law, which must be discovered through reason, nor spiritual law, which is revealed through prophets. Those laws must be understood, and only by obedience to law do we receive blessings from God. Prove me now herewith, the Lord revealed through Malachi, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. In other words, the Lord was challenging the people to live the law of tithing, and he would prove to them that he would lift the drought, that the rain would fall from heaven, and that they would receive greater blessings than they had ever received. Those who remove logic and law from religion and depend entirely upon emotion move quickly into superstition and sometimes fanaticism and away from the pure doctrines of Christ. The two great commandments are a synthesis of the ten great commandments. Here's a list of the ten commandments as recorded in Exodus 20. First, Linda shall read verses 1 through 12 that relate to the first great commandment. And God spake these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor, and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. It is easy to see how, having no other gods before me, not worshiping idols, not taking the Lord's name in vain, keeping the Sabbath day holy, and honoring thy father and mother relate to love in the Lord. Even honoring father and mother is connected to God, as Paul said in Hebrews 12. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjugation unto the father of spirits and live? The family is the stronghold of religion. Commandment 5 is known as the commandment with a promise. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. It was the breakdown of the family that caused them to lose the promised land. Had they kept the Ten Commandments, they never would have been conquered. The last five commandments are synthesized in the second great commandment, to love thy neighbor as thyself. 
Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. It was James who called the two great commandments the royal law. Though he emphasized the second great commandment, he is referencing both. In James 2 we read, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you, and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law as transgressors. It was also James who said, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their afflictions, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. James further added, If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if you have respect of persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. The second great commandment has also become known as the golden rule. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Never overlook Hebrew parallelism. When phrases are repeated, be sure that they are closely connected. For example, In the golden rule, Jesus said, For this is the law and the prophets. In the royal law, Jesus said, On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Be sure, he meant the golden rule and the royal law to be inextricably connected. Isaiah adds, Isaiah 1, 16-17 Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings, from before mine eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Isaiah one twenty three. Thy princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Every one loveth gifts and followeth after rewards. They judge not the fatherless neither doth the cause of the widow come unto them. Isaiah 10, 1-2 Woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees, and that write grievousness which they have prescribed, 
to turn aside the needy from judgment, and to take away the right from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey, and that they may rob the fatherless. As you have discovered by now, the lawyers, the scribes, the Sadducees, and the Pharisees always came up short in any argument with Christ. Matthew 22 concludes with, While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, The son of David. He saith unto them, How then doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word, neither durst any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. Because they were blind to the truth, they had only one way to silence the Savior. Within only a few days he was crucified for our sins, and thus became Lord, Redeemer, and Savior of the world. Even in his death they were defeated, but his grace extended even to those who killed him, for in his final hours he said, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.